All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Property Players. I'm your host, C. Muzan. Uh, we're back. I got another special guest here with me, uh, somebody that we got a chance to connect. Actually, I think on Clubhouse was how we connected. You're, this is going to be a common theme, right? You're going to hear right, that there's a bunch of us that connected on Clubhouse. And uh, now we, we just get a chance to powwow and, and, and uh, you know, kind of talk about our journeys a bit more. Um, so I want to welcome her on onto the show. Miss Alicia Hutt, thank, her, thank you so much for, for jumping on. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I am honored. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Pleasure's all mine. So, you know, over here, we just jump right in. So I'm, I'm a big origin story guy. So I know we chopped it up right before this and said, hey, you're down in that, that DMV area, that right, that D.C., Maryland area. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the upbringing, the, the, the origin story, comic book story number one, right? Who is Alicia? How'd you get here? Sure. So born and raised in the DMV area. I was born in Washington, D.C. And we were raised in Landover, Maryland. Landover, Landover. Uh, and and what you see is what you get. You know, I was definitely more crazy then, you know, and I brought it into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that speaks to my journey. Uh, my parents are from Trinidad and Tobago. My dad is from Barbados. So I had that Caribbean upbringing. Full island um, girl. Full, full yes. Caribbean. <laughs> Yes, and um, so we were raised in humble beginnings, uh, but I was taught early on about hard work, you know, and, and, and just going for it, going for it, going hard, right, and all that you do. And so, like, I have a diverse background. I worked in the banking field. I, I Straight out of high school, I was like, I'm not going to college. That's just too much. Mm -hmm. And then when I got into banking, I was like, well, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? How long have you been here? And they were like, 10 years, 15, I was like, yep, not doing it. Not went me. to school <laughs> and then got crazy. Like went all the way up to my doctorate, two chapters in. And I was like, yep, I'm not doing this. So <laughs> yeah, got all that education and loans. Got to figure things out. You know, I have a family. God's blessed me with three baby girls awesome. and we got to make money. So, you know, banking wasn't doing it. All right. Went to the Department of Transportation. That wasn't doing it. I'm in the school system. I love it, but that's not doing it. And so I became a, a realtor. And a lot of people along the way have inspired me to do it. And I did all kinds of stuff. Mary Kay, Avon. So I had that entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm -hmm. But I just didn't land on what I needed to land on. And real estate is it. So I'm in my third year. I've helped over 20 some odd families. Wow. And my journey personally with real estate was like crazy, mm -hmm. embarrassing, you know, not anymore because I put it in my book yeah. because I want to help others. And I'm like, OK, God, I didn't go through this just for me. Yeah. I went through this to help other people with my real estate journey. I'm like, Lord, I wish I had that crystal ball. But anyway, I'm here now. <laughs> right. You're here now. You made it. And man, just we're, we're going to dissect that story a bit because I'm big on right hearing actually how it got to to that place and 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 the way that you saw it so from high school if you start at the high school you did you go right to college or you went right to banking or so i got a small scholarship and so i went to peachy community college okay and because you know i didn't have all of what i needed essentially mm -hmm. i had to do the rhetorical classes mm -hmm. so i was like i'm not doing this so you're <laughs> telling me not just two years but a whole year of rhetorical classes like Yep, not doing it, going to work. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. <laughs> and, and, but it like sitting at the teller line, plucking away, cash and checks, receiving deposits. Yeah. And I'm like, well, 
you know, the guy beside me, he was an older gentleman. How long you been? Oh, 10, 15 years. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's not That's, happening. So, so you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I try to tell people this all the time, Alicia, that like, if you just, if you think you want to be in a certain industry, you think you want to do something for your career, and you look at the person that's 10, 15, 20 years your senior that's been doing it and ask yourself, do you want their life? <laughs> do you want their life? And normally when you start looking at it, you're going to be like, nah, I don't want it. So then that means you're not in the right place because if you stayed there, you would end up there. Yes. If you already know that that's not where you want to be. You got to keep moving. You got to keep bouncing. What did your parents do? Were your parents bouncing around at work? I know you said they instilled that work ethic in you, but what were they doing? So I am like complete opposite. So I had to like try to figure out, well, what family member am I like? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sim similar to my grandfather, but my mom is a nurse. Mm -hmm. She did it for many, many years, like over 20 years of one employer. I'm like, what? And then the stories over time, like you stay, like my tolerance is just very different. I don't know about my generation. My dad, he um, was the OR tech at a reputable hospital for years. And then he um, retired on disability, but mm -hmm. no, they stayed put. My dad, like he did odds and end jobs, but he kept that main job. They didn't move. Like their thing is we're here. We're going to continue on. We're not going anywhere. I'm like, okay, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. But they worked hard, like double shifts and you could see it. But at the end of the day, they provided for the family. Right. They provided and they're like, this is for the family. You know, yeah. they didn't give up. Yeah. So. They, they did what they needed to do in order to make to, to make it happen, right? Yeah. And that's probably where you get that entrepreneurial spirit because that is the entrepreneur mindset, right? That's yeah. it, right? Like you got to make it happen by any means necessary. So, you know, that's, I'm always curious to kind of hear how we get this drive because it takes a lot. We're, we're going to get into like the real estate side, but it takes a lot to be an agent. It takes a lot to be in a business where you're talking a lot and, right, it's negotiations and right, constant prospecting. Like there, there's a lot that goes with it. So it has to come from somewhere because you know this, you're, you know, in your third year in the journey, most people don't make it. Like right. most people don't make it. It's because they don't have some, some of those things. So as you get into the working world, now you're in banking, have you always been like hungry for money? Have you always like said like the money is what's important to me? Like where did money rank in kind of your, your working life? Well, seeing my parents struggle, even though we didn't want for anything, mm -hmm. I definitely said, oh no. I'm going to take care of myself and my family and my parents. Yeah. And so that fueled my fire. Like I want to make sure that all of the efforts they put in and like, I wasn't the easiest child to raise. I was the first, of course, like I said, I was raised humble beginnings in the hood. Mm -hmm. And so like, they really had to rain, like wrangle me in, like, you know, so it, it was a lot of energy. And so for that, I'm ever thankful for, you know, cause I could have went wayward yeah. and stayed there. And so I was like, no, I need to provide for my family and them. You know, I need to make sure that they're good, that they don't have to work two and three jobs and that when they're ready to retire, retire. I got you. you know, did, so that fueled my body. Did you know that entrepreneurship was the only way? Like, when did that click for you? When did you when did it click that? Like, I can't have a job in order to do that. I would say it clicked when I was working with the Department of Transportation and I like I was in a management role at that time. But I was like, you know, I'm helping other businesses build and develop with the skills that I learned, of course, with my experience, but also what I study, you know, what I, what I went to school for, business management, leadership. So I'm like, I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. But along the way, I was using like different companies like Avon, Mary Kay, you know, I even had a seminary 
because I have a degree in Christian education, okay. which is cool. Like I'll still help anyone, anyone, you know, right. with understanding the Lord and getting degrees and things of that sort. And I was like, that's just, it just was like, okay, that's just not it. Though. That's not the stopping point. Like what else? Yeah. And as I was struggling along my, my real estate journey, personally, I met people and I just picked their brain. Yeah. I'm always asking questions. I was like, you know what? I can do that. So, I can help people. And again, that's the best way to do it, right? It's the, 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 the best way. But take take me a step back. So, uh, transportation company, right? Yeah. The transportation company. How did that transition to real estate go? Did you get your license while you were still working there? Did you transition fully out? What was that? What was the catalyst? Like, take me through that moment where you're like, all right, I'm gonna go this real estate side. So I left the Department of Transportation. <laughs> right? I'm like, yep, I'm gone, deuces. So yeah. I went into the the public school system. And I made good money. I made six figures, but I was like, no, I'm still a slave to this. Like at any moment they can tell me, I don't need you anymore, you know, and it can just all go wayward. And I was like, I have to have something sustainable for me and for my family and that I can have somewhat control over where I'm not on this second phone 24 seven for someone else. And so what I did is I was on maternity leave with my second child. And they give you three months, bless their hearts. (laughs) And within that three month period, I studied for my real estate license. Now I did like say I wasn't going to do it like three or four times, (laughs) real talk, (laughs) because it's not easy. Right. 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 But my husband's like, no, I'm going to help you because math is not my strong suit, even though I did years in banking. Yeah. Math is not my strong suit. I gave up. I gave up. And finally I did it and I passed the test. There we go. And so that's what how I became a realtor. Why, why real estate? Like, did you, and I know you said that you had bounced around Avon and Mary Kay and those things. Was real estate just the next thing? Did you know something that other people didn't know? Did you have a mentor? Like, how did, why, why real estate? It was lucrative. And there were so many different ways that you can make money mm-hmm. and, and, and sustainable money, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, you know, this isn't like just the fly by night. Um, referral based small business like you can think big with real estate sure. you know so that was my my reason for doing it and then I had people like I said with my journey with losing houses buying houses rent to own and I'm like wow they helped us just do this part and okay I can do that okay I can learn that mm-hmm. you know and I I didn't talk myself out of it you good. know good good yeah. good and, and it's a thousand percent true right the, the 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 asset class of real estate is very lucrative it's one of the areas that like again a lot of people put put money into you can make a ton of money in it right um but sometimes making money in it as an agent is different than making money in it as an investor right and so i know you right you're an agent you got the license but you're also an investor you also wrote a book. You're also property management. So, like, you inundated yourself in the real estate space. Think I'm thinking about the people listening to this and the people that are going to get some value from from your journey and from your story. Like, do you think that that is the best way to go? Which is like just inundate yourself, just find all the different ways to make money or in in real estate, or is this about like picking one and going that direction? I definitely say do not limit yourself. I know a lot of people cannot multitask, but then there are some that can. Um, I want to shout out one of my coaches, a big mentor, Tamika Bryant. She wrote a book and it's called, she had the first one, 99 ways to make money in real estate. And now she has 114 ways to make money. 
So like I've had literally two people in the last week ask me, I want to get into real estate. What do I need to do? Do I need to get my license? And I'm going to be the first one to say, you do not need a license. It just depends on where you want to land in real estate. And if you know that it's actually just doing the sales part, sellers and buyers. And then even with that, are you a selling agent versus a buying agent, you know? So I would say really get that book so you can have an understanding because everybody just sees, you know, what's, what's on social media, that ad versus that ad and that video. And they see my stuff and they're like, okay, I want to do, you got to figure out what's your niche. You know, what are you going to be good at? This is, this is one of the things that I, I preach because in my, my, my background, well, what I do, my day job, right, is I'm like, I'm, I'm in the financial services space. Um, so me and my wife run, you know, a financial services agency. We teach people about money. And what we would always come across is that there's people that uh, want to build wealth. They want to get to a certain place financially, but they don't have a specialized knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't know is investing Smart investing takes specialized knowledge to understand what you're investing in. Real estate is one asset class that you can invest in, but yes, you need specialized knowledge to understand the area of real estate that you're going to make money. Is are you are you fixing and flipping? Are you wholesaling? Are you buying and holding? Are you working on commercial, multifamily, single family? mobile homes are you invest are you the agent like you said buyer seller like where is it that you want to play and that becomes the education that you need to get to stay in your lane right you need to get education to stay in your lane so you can be good at what you do right and that that mindset has to permeate our our community it has to permeate people because like you said you have two people hit you up and say things like i want to get into real estate how do i start right like read these books like that's what i would say like read read these books and then come back to me and like then we can have a conversation because the question is why are you doing this are you doing real estate so that you can make a living like one of my things i would always tell agents is like you know there's a big difference in like selling real estate and being a real estate investor right like you don't have like real estate's a great asset class personally i would never become an agent i would i don't I don't I wouldn't even like that practice like just the 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 wasting of time the showing of homes like the clothes like I that is not for me I know that but investing in real estate is a thousand percent for me right multifamily right eight doors or more commercial cash flowing properties that is me a hundred percent because I'm the money like I'm a money guy that's where I see it but most people don't think of it that way they think the way to make money in real estate is to be the agent and then start buying properties as an agent and and then all of a sudden they branch out and I'm like well that might not be your path that might not be your path but the first place that you went was the buyer seller side like even after reading the book did you just start going all right let me get the license and let me start trying to get listings is that how you went so I went based on what other people are doing now to me Hmm. looking and seeing other people's success and their experiences and so I said all right I'll just get my license had I had someone to say like me, read the book first, I think I still would have gotten my license to be quite honest because I'm a people's person. And so like in all of my positions, I've helped people. You know, I'm a minister. I help people. So I think I would have still done it. However, being this is my third year, I'm shying away from it a little bit and I want to build a team Mm. because I want to refocus my energy. You know, that investment side, 
telling you. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, I, I'm, I'm the money guy for people. So like I tell you like, hey, listen, paper assets are cool. Real estate's great, right? <laughs> like yeah. at, at the end of the day, there's a lot of money to be made on that side. If you can have a specialized knowledge, if you yeah. can understand what your lane is, and, and what you want to do, there's plenty of money on that side and you don't need to go get the license. You yeah. don't need to go do those things. So, you know, that's 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 a big, that's a big step. That's, that's an important part that people need to know that are trying to get into the industry. Because I know people that will listen to this podcast and that do listen to this podcast, they, they are thinking about getting into the industry. They're thinking about like, hey, is there more information that I need or how do I go about it this way? And so, you know, take it from Alicia, take it from myself. Like, you don't need a license to get in. Mm-hmm. But you got to figure out like what the goal is, like what are you doing it for, and then find your lane and find your your niche. So um, that's awesome. So what made you write the book? Because now you have a book that talks about your real estate journey, right? Is that, that that's what it is? It's about your real yeah. estate journey. So so tell me about the book. Talk about it. Like how did it come up? How, how does it work? So right now we're in pre-order status. I literally have to shift over some things on my cover and then we're going to hit publish. But you can pre-order it at uh, hurtrealestate.com. I just wanted to, you know, put the plug out there or allthingsrealestatehurt.com, H-U-R-T-T. I will not hurt you. But the reason why I did the book is because I am big on the rent-to-own program because that is what opened the door for me. And so, yep, as I talk to my clients, Mm -hmm. I'm telling my story anyway. Mm-hmm. And one day I was driving. That's my best thinking because the kids aren't like, mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> and I'm driving and I was like, it's time. It's time. Not I. I was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny my faith. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it's time. And I called one of my good friends and I was like, you wrote your book. And I'm, I'm inspired. Like, it's time. And she was like, girl, let me tell you what to do. And literally by that end of the weekend, I had already had a couple chapters written. I already started to work on my cover letter, my table of contents, and it just flowed. And I know that with a lot of the people that I've heard from, like they have the same story or similar, and they feel like you're going to judge them. Mm -hmm. And I want people to know that, listen, there's no judgment here. I'm here to support you because I failed so many times. However, I am here telling you that I'm a landlord. I'm a property manager, I'm an investor, I'm a realtor, and I'm here to serve you, you know? So that's that was the reason for the book. That's awesome. Talk, talk about talk about the uh, rent-to-own space, like for people that might not know what that is, um, what what is it and how did you start learning about it? Sure, so in my journey, which is in the book, I dealt with a private owner that bought a home and then rented it with the option to buy it. Mm-hmm. I also dealt with a company that bought the house on my behalf, rented it back to me and allowed me to buy it from them. And it's a tool for those that have a lower credit score. Mm-hmm. You may not have uh, the full deposit amount that you need to purchase a home. If you're a military family and you know you will be traveling mm-hmm. and you want something just right now that's a, a little better than you know an apartment type style home or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, it's that tool to help you bridge the gap between being a renter to becoming a homeowner. How do, you, how do you find them? Like, how do you find the rental? Talk to me, me. I talked to Alicia. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would say talk to a real estate professional um, because a lot of times people are taken advantage of if you go through the private owner. It was successful for me, but if you go on Craigslist or what have you and Johnny John is like, yep, you can have my house just put down 10,000 and then he's gone with the money. And I've had clients call me like, Alicia, what do I do? I'm like, 
solid, solid case. Like at this point, I'm sorry, but it's really nothing I can do for you. You know, so yeah. come and talk to someone that specializes in rent to own. A lot of agents do not deal in it because as an agent, you have your special areas. So definitely reach out to me or look at my social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Currently, I'm dealing with a with two companies and they're a group of investors and they do just that. They um, One company actually holds your hand the entire 12 months to ensure that you are ready and you are successful to purchase that home at the end of the lease. Mm-hmm. The other one is like, you know, here are your steps, figure it out and you can lease up to five years. You yeah. know, so th- it's there. Um, and I don't just get you in the home. Like I support you throughout your journey to sure. make sure you can achieve home ownership. Sure. Why why would a why would a owner do rent to own? Like what what's the benefit for the owner? So they're 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 looking at it as okay, I can get cash flow for whatever the determined amount of time is, 12 months to 24 months, and then I can dispose of this property and get my money back. And so if you purchase the home essentially just for sake of numbers that I can add up in my head, 100,000 Okay, and so I'm gonna lease it back to you for whatever fifteen hundred, whatever it is. I'm gonna ask you to put down maybe five to ten thousand. So I'm holding it, and if you do not buy it, then guess what? You either lose all of it or most of it. Is so is I have that normally there, there is is normally there a de- like is that the difference when just if like say I was coming in just to rent the home, but I wanted the option to purchase it down the line. that has to be negotiated up front that's a is it special is a different type of lease that you would be signing is that how it works yep so it's you have your standard lease and then on top of that you would have your lease option to buy right. meaning the owner cannot offer to anyone else for this specific amount of time mm-hmm. and you're serious enough that this is your down payment towards the purchase of the house sure yeah got it like is is it common is it common to find least like lease to owns or rent to owns like is that common it is very common and it's not just in this area it's in it's throughout the u.s yeah it is very common um but like i said you have to be careful because there are a lot of scammers out there so you want to do your due diligence you want to talk to someone that specializes in this area because you put down a good amount to have this option and so if you, your paperwork isn't right, if the person is not legit, guess what? You will lose. So you have to talk to someone that specializes in the area. Absolutely. I've, I've you know, I've, I've seen the rent to owns, the lease to owns. It's something that I, I was looking into a while back, but I was always wondering like for the, for the owner side, what's the benefit, right? Because there's always going to be, there's always got to be a win-win, right? Like I understand on the, right on the, the, the tenant side, I guess, or the person that's coming in, uh, you know, like you said, maybe lower credit score, maybe just don't have the funds right now up front, right? Like all those types of things might might be it. Um, but on the owner side, I was always like, why, why would they do that? And and I, what I came to the conclusion, and I'd be curious to hear kind of your thoughts on it. Um, but what I came to was that the best, the the, the reason most owners want to do this rent to own type of thing is because they have a feeling that the market's going to go down. That their va- their house is going to be less valuable in the next two or three years, and in, instead of taking that gamble to say like, uh, I might want to sell it anyway, but it's not going to be worth the same. Can I lock somebody in? Because that's what happens when you sign the lease option. Is like, yes, it's for a certain amount of time, but you're also required to pay at that amount, regardless of what the market does after that, right? And so. 
I saw that as like, huh, these owners, they really just don't believe in the market or they don't believe that the value of the house will go up at all. So they're trying to like lock in their gains basically with it. Do you see it the same way or do you see it differently? So I've never heard of that thought process, but it does make sense. It does make sense if you feel like it's not going to, you know, let's lock you in now. But um, with one of the companies that I deal with, they're super transparent. And so they go from year one to year five. This is your purchase amount. And they do it based on what the market will inflate to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, essentially, if it was a private owner and like I am looking to do that with another property that I have, mm-hmm. um, I'm saying, OK, what do I want to make on this house? And really, I want to help the family. So I'm not going to really, you know, hit it as hard as I would if I'm like, nope. I'm just going to put it out there and who gets it, gets it. So for this one, I'm like, okay, I'll make about maybe 10 to 20 grand off of it and just move on, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll get it on the back end with my interest rate, what have you, how I structured the deal. Mm -hmm. But most times it's literally someone that just wants to say, I want to get the cash flow temporarily, but I don't want to hold this house long because I want to move on to my next project within 12 to 24 months. So it really depends on what the motivation is for the landlord. But the good thing about the process is, you know, up front how much you're going to pay for the house. So like my example of 100,000, yes, yes, I purchased it for 100,000, Chris, but I'm going to sell it to you for 125,000. Right. If you're right. open to that, sign here and I need a $10,000 deposit. Right. And that's literally how it works. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes, and, and again, that, that, that side makes sense. I've always just thought like, you know, the, own, the, the owner's really thinking about covering their spread, right? They're just trying to figure out like, okay, how do I, how do I cover the spread? Because otherwise, just from the, basic standpoint of like, if they know they want to get out of the house anyway, do they need the cash flow? Like, do they like, do they really need it? Like if they could get a buyer right away, why not just get like, if that's the goal anyway, right? Just get the buyer and get out and then go do your thing. So is it, is it the need for cash flow? Or like I said, is it this, I'm a hold on to this thing because it might go up, might go down and there's a benefit that I get cash flow, but really like, I don't think it's going to be worth the same thing down the line. At least I can get somebody locked in so that they could pay me this and then I can go on and do my thing. So, you know, I always think there's got to be a win-win somewhere. I always try to look at things from both perspectives, right? The buyer, the owner, like every every single person. Um, So have you dabbled in the wholesale market? Yes, I'm currently dabbling in wholesale and actually I'm an investor-friendly agent. Mm -hmm. And so I help wholesalers get their homes um, sold quickly as well. Yeah. Um, I'm new at it, so I'm learning. And uh, thankfully, the brokerage that I am with, they're mm-hmm. investor friendly. So I'm learning Good. as I'm going because I don't want to be out there talking crazy and not about what I know mm-hmm. and Absolutely. losing deals because it's very lucrative. There's a lot of money in real estate. A lot right? of money. And you don't have to use your own with wholesaling. So like that's the easiest way to get into real estate. Easy, easiest slash hardest, right? Yes. Like it's two sides, right? Because... And, and again, I talk to people all day about this type of stuff. When there's when it's no barrier to entry, you have a lot of people that enter that gate, yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. there's very little inventory and a whole lot of people looking for the distressed seller and looking and looking. And then all of a sudden, it's the supply and demand issue in business, right? Like, and at the time of recording this, like we're going through the same thing in our market right now. Like I was just talking to a realtor friend yesterday and she was like, you know, her husband's in mortgages, um, so he's doing great, right? Like life is great for him. Um, but, uh, but on her side as the agent and she's more of like, uh, the, the, I, th- I think she's more of like the buyer's agent. She, she was like, 
we as soon as because there's no inventory as soon as a mark as, as a house goes on market there's 10 offers and 15 of them are right like like all of them are 15 grand over listing price and like you have no way to win unless you're coming in and so like now they're all frustrated on on this side and it's that supply and demand issue yeah. right we see this all the time in 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 real estate that it's just up and down the cyclical nature of low inventory right like there's yeah. just you, you have to get over it. have you seen this play out like i know you're just dabbling wholesale have you seen the supply and demand thing play out anywhere else like as as the agent or anything oh definitely and clients are frustrated like i lost the client and i'm very transparent because she thought that i was the reason she was losing houses and i tried to explain to her as the professional no in this market you're not going to ask for credits you're not going to ask for crazy stuff on the contract. You're going to lose, you know, and, eat, and now people are saying, I don't need an ins inspection, you know, to, to win a bid. I don't need that time for an inspection. Guess what? If it doesn't appraise, I'll pay the difference. Like it's crazy in the market. And so for buyers, they feel like I'm at a disadvantage if they have those traditional um, down payment assistance programs and grants and things. Listen, you're out. Unless the grace of God says it's your house, <laughs> you're out of the running because like you said, houses are going 10, 15, and even 20,000 mm -hmm. above the price. So it's like, when you list a home, this is an auction. Mm -hmm. When you list a home, this is the starting point. <laughs> Can I get 2,000 over there? 20,000 over there, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's crazy. Extreme seller's market. I, and again, my, my clients on the financial services side, I talk to them a lot about there's people that are thinking about buying homes, thinking about selling homes. I tell all my sellers, like, sell, sell your home. Yes. Like, sell it, like, sell it right now. Like, right now. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you'll have to wait till the market correction in the next seven years to get back to the value that you could potentially get now. I was like, if you're thinking about selling it, like, this is the time. On the reverse end, I tell the people that are looking to buy homes, do not buy a home right now. Like this is not the time because you will pay way more out of pocket than you really want to. You're gonna fight and it's not gonna be the best home because what's gonna happen is you're gonna get frustrated. Like the lady you were talking, you're gonna go through house after house, get turned down, turned down. Then you're gonna get one that's less than perfect not really what you want, but because you're eager, you're going to put some high bid on it. You're going to get some crappy home. Now you're going to be stuck with debt in a house that you don't really like. You're going to learn that all, and it's just going to be bad for you. So I'm like, Preach, Chris. I'm just telling you, like, <laughs> I, see, I see it happen all the time. I see it, right? And so I'm like, listen, you're trying to buy. Let's not buy. Matter of fact, let's talk about, I tell him, let's talk about renting a home. I was like, hey, can you go into, can you ask your realtor to talk about, hey, is there anyone that's renting that, that is open to just leasing this thing? And at the end of the day, you can get your foot in the door, right? You potentially, if there is negotiation, there's room on the table for talking to that private owner, maybe they do want to get rid of it, right? Maybe not. Or maybe you can just rent for 12 months until the market flips over and then you go back and you buy a home, right? So. Yeah all these different ways to, to really slice and dice it. What's your, what's your view on the market moving forward? Like, you know, you, you, we, we know where we're at right now, but like, what about like in the next like few years? What are you thinking? I would say definitely add to what you said about go ahead and rent now and prepare yourself to buy a foreclosure home or a short sale home in the next year or so. It is unfortunate, but that is where we're going with all the moratoriums, with all them saying, oh, we'll push it back. Oh, don't pay right now. My thing is, if I can't pay you today with one payment, well, how do you think 
I'm going to pay you when it's 10 payments down the road. And then I don't even know if I'm going to go back to the job I was doing because I was furloughed due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of devastating situations that will come out of it. And it's definitely going to impact real estate. And, you know, those that are like in wholesaling, that is the time where they can say, hey, here's the distressed homeowner. Let me get you out of this and figure this thing out for you. Or even doing creative financing, like let me do a subject too, or you know what have you to get you out of this home. So yeah. it's going to sh it definitely show up in different uh, forms throughout the real estate industry. You're preaching now, like this is going to be a common theme. Everyone that's listening to the podcast, you're you know, because I'm going to say this over and over. It's the common theme. If and I'll tell you this on camera, I'll talk, we'll talk about it off camera too. Like the money will be in short sales mm -hmm. in the next two or three years. If, if I were an agent, I'm not, like I said, I'm not an agent, but if I were an agent, I would just position myself right now as the short seller, like as the person that helps short sell. Like that's all I would do because the market will come to me. This is a foregone conclusion. Ask anyone that's in the market right now. Like, and that's why I don't know why more agents aren't doing this. Like you should literally just be positioning yourself, putting out marketing material about short sales. You're not gonna get a lot right now but I guarantee you the market's gonna come to you in the next eight to 24 months. It's going to come to you and you're going to get an influx of it because that's exactly what's happening. And I'm gonna say this on every one of these episodes to every agent I talk to because there's gonna be a plethora of it all across the country, but that's exactly what's happening. The short sale foreclosure market will be the thing 2022, right? Late 2021, it's gonna be it. It's gonna be it. So the people that are in position right now that are positioning themselves for 12 months from now, they're gonna win. The people that try that that see it happening already, because this is most people's mind, let me see it happen, then I'll jump in. Too late. Too late. Right? <laughs> Too late. You're done. You're out of the game. Right? Yeah. Like you gotta position yourself now because the short sale market is a key. I'm so glad you said it. I'm I've been saying it on all these podcasts, you know, all the ones that we're we're gonna drop. It's just it's just it. Yeah. it it's just the way. So glad you said that. So outside of short sales, like where where do you see the commercial real estate? Is there, you know is that is that on your radar at all right now? Any of that? It's not. Like I have a few clients, but they're more so like leasing, or I have a wholesaler that's like, okay, run me some comps on this, and it's like opening my eyes. Like, wait a minute, let me check that out. And it's essentially in the Baltimore market, but um. I'm not well-versed. I'm still being educated. That's it. All of it's education. Like I said, it's all specialized knowledge. It's just yeah. about figuring out what's going to be that lane, what's going to be that. And, you know, we talked about it being lucrative, right? There's going to be money. There's there's money in so many of these areas, but you got to niche down. You really got to be like, hey, this is what I'm going to get good at and focus on because then that's where I'll make the bulk of my my money. And then you could you could refer all the rest out. That's what I do. Yeah. Right. Like I don't even have a real estate license. Like I just I connect with real estate people. The real reason I connect with real realtors and many of you that listen to the podcast, you, are, you already know this, is that like what we do goes hand in hand. Right. Financial services, learn about money and paper assets and debt and savings and investing and all that stuff. And then real estate, we go hand in hand from from like a like a, a business standpoint, like as agents, like we have an insurance license. Right. So like you know, we're looking for the same client you're looking for. You're looking for the same client we're looking for. 
right? You, you sit down with someone, do they have any protection on their house? How are they going to keep it? All right, let me send you over here. Hey, I'm talking to you. You want to go buy a house? All right, well, that, that's your main thing. Let's go this way. We're looking for the same people. So I'm like, all right, well, that's, uh, that, obviously, that obviously makes sense. And, and you know, at, at, at the end of the day, there's so many ways to, to make money that just being in the mix with people that are already making money is going to be a good thing. So right. True. <laughs> so there's a lot there's a lot playing towards this. Right. I'm big on the investor side, especially in the um, like I said, in the commercial side, in the multifamily side, you know, eight doors or more. I remember hearing Grant Cardone say this one time. He's like one of the things that uh, gets a lot of people that are in real estate. And when they start investing is they're looking for the home they can afford instead of looking for the best deal. Right. Because that's the difference. Like when you're shopping for a home as a homeowner, like, yeah, you're looking for what your money can afford. Right. What's, what mortgage you can get, how much you got to put down. But then when you step into this world of investing, it's no longer about what you can afford. It's about what's the best deal on the table. And if that best deal is a, you know, it's a seven million dollar apartment that you could get for two point five. That is the best deal on the yeah. table. You need to put together two point five million dollars and go get it because that's the deal, and that's that's the side that I think people have to play into. And right, you can get a, you can even get away from the wholesaling side because you you're just putting together deals, right? You're just putting it together. If you find it, you could go flip it for six thousand dollars and sell the note, or you could go put together this deal for millions of dollars and get cash flow, right? It's just where you sit. So. Uh, long term, long term, Alicia. Like, what are you trying to do? What what type of empire are you trying to build here? Like, what what's what's the journey, the the, the real estate legacy that you're trying to leave? No longer dual career. No longer. I'll be saying bye bye to my nine to five, and I will be building, like you said, an empire, a hurt empire, two teeth. Yeah, okay. So I definitely will be building up my property management company. I want to cap it at fifty doors unless I have a team. So if I'm just doing it, 50 doors is enough. Mm -hmm. And I'll let that, that business just keep on, you know, building, building. Yep. I want to do more on the investment side as far as wholesaling and do at least three to four fix and flips a year. There we go. So that's the next four or five years. That's, that's my focus. Um, I'm also supporting building generational knowledge. So I've acquired my niece and she's my assistant. And so she's learning the business because I told her by 18, guess what? You're going to own a home. Mm -hmm. You're going to know how to fix and flip. Like you're going to do more. You're going to surpass what I went through. And her mom and dad is like, yes, yes, <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I get it. it. And that that's the key. It's passing this information down. Like I said, I have a young daughter. Um, and so me teaching her about money, I was just talking about this earlier today, me, me teaching her about money is imperative. Like we didn't, ra we weren't raised that way. Yeah. Right. My mom, I love my mom. She loves me. I know she does. Right. But like she didn't teach me about it necessarily. So right. I'm going to do that for her. We're going to make it happen. And, and real estate is one of those asset classes that, yeah, you can do the exact same thing. So um, as we kind of wrap up a bit, like talk about, you know, again, just thinking about giving value. If there's like one or two things that you learned along your journey that was the aha, like, oh man, if I would have known that, I'm good. I, we already talked about like not having the license up front or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if there's one or two other things for that person that's already in their journey, that's kind of figuring out where they should go, like, what did you, what did you find out? What did you hear? Can you give them a few gems of like, hey, watch out for this or look at this? So in full transparency, I filed bankruptcy. Mm. And I thought I would never own a home again. Like, 
Oh my God. First off, let me back up. The way I lost my home was crazy because I didn't have the knowledge. And I was ashamed to say, I lost my job and I can't pay my mortgage anymore. I'm about to foreclose. If I would have just said it, I would have, I still would own the home. I would own the home. Like, so I would tell people like, don't be afraid. I'm sure that someone has gone through something way worse than what you think is so devastating in your walk and in your journey. Mm -hmm. Open your mouth. Closed mouths do not get fed. Speak up. Okay. That, that would have helped a whole lot. And then if you have gone through and you lost a home, okay, all right, don't cry with small milk. You can still succeed and be successful. Let's build that credit up. Let's figure out what you have to do. Ask the right questions. Position yourself. Be around the right people. Invest in yourself. Don't look for no handout. It's not happening. It's called Google. Google it. (laughs) Google it. Find someone that knows more than you do. The information is out there. That would be the biggest takeaway for, from me because I can tell you all read this book and do no, 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 no. Get the information, educate yourself, do the research. That is key. Yeah. Education, like it's power. Knowledge is power. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and even more powerful applied knowledge, right? Like once you get the information, go do it. Go like I'm, I'm sure you hear that in all your circles, right? There's like once you have it, like put some money down like let's try to make a deal like let's try to put something like let's you got to put some action to it because you know just the knowledge sitting there it's not doing anything it's just sitting in your head now you got to go apply it you have to go actually do it so those are those are great great nuggets and great tips that you know people can can take people can take and they can run in their real estate journey it's so funny that you would say that like thank you for your transparency about filing bankruptcy trust me it happens all the time so much so i'm just an idea person right? i'm a businessman idea person and i drop ideas because i know ideas are nothing execution is everything so another idea i was like you should host a seminar called uh second time home buyers because you know how because you know how first time home buyers are so popular well let's talk about the second time home buyer because that's a real market it's a real market of people that need the educate hey don't be ashamed hey of course we may of course you lost the job like that's everyone like you just had a home at that time instead of having an apartment but like people lose jobs all the time so how do we bounce back and you can just literally create a whole series on second time home buyers like i'm a big fan <laughs> big fan of that type of stuff thank you i'm taking notes listen <laughs> When I get that million, I'm gonna give you that shout out. Okay. <laughs> there we go. That's all I need. That's all I need. Just a little plug. Just be like, hey, I was sitting on property players with Chris, and uh, he actually dropped this gem on me. But it's just true. Like the, that's the kind of that, that's the ways I think about things. There's so again, there's so many ways to impact people. There's so many ways to help uh, people get to where they want to be. That that piece of that is shame in this, right? Like, oh, I can't believe I went through this, or oh, I lost this. I know so many people that have lost their homes. So many people. It doesn't mean it's the end of your journey. Now, sometimes it gives you that awakening that maybe I didn't want to be a homeowner, right? Maybe it was too much stress. Like maybe I don't need to go that. It could do that for you as well. But the other side of it is when you are financially back in that position, then maybe it is for you again. Now you just know better and you're in a better position and you'll have an emergency fund and right. You'll have another stream of income and you'll make sure that right, you, you don't won't get me again. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like once you give me once, like you ain't going to fool me again. Yeah. Like it's, it's not going to happen. So maybe that becomes the, the lesson. But either way, I think that's a huge market of people that still need a voice. Right. It's not all about the first time home buyers. It's about the people that have been in been in the game, right? They've lost some, they've lost a home. They've tried to invest, right? Talk about the other side of when I talk to investors about their marketing stuff. It's like, you know, think about all the people that like 
miss the deal, right? Like it doesn't go through, like it, it dies on closing day, like it, like the, the check didn't go through, like all the things that, like who's talking about that stuff? Cause that's real, like that, like my contractor didn't finish the job, right? So my hard money loan came, like, it, like that's a real thing real. that no, mm-hmm. nobody's talking about, but like someone should, because that's gonna help people get through the process cause it's gonna happen to them. And it's probably already happened to tons of people, you know? Yeah, it's true. So last, last words, anything that you wanna leave for the, for the guests, for the viewers, for people that are listening, um, primarily about you, your book, where to find you, what you want to be able to give to people, let people know about you. I'm here. I'm known as a servant leader. So I'm here to serve you. Whatever questions you may have, listen, reach out to me. I'm on almost every platform. Um, Reach out to me, Alicia Hurt, H-U-R-T-T. My website, all things real estate hurt, H-U-R-T-T dot com. You can get my book there. You can learn all about me. You can reach out to me. I am the 24-7 realtor. I know my husband doesn't like to hear that. However, I am here to serve. That is why God has me here in position to help you. No judgment, just results. You hear me? No judgment, just results. Holler at me, Alicia Hurt. I am here to service your needs. There she is. Alicia, hit her up, guys. Obviously, you see she's got a wealth of knowledge and she's got the energy and she's got the fire and she wants to help. She has the heart more than anything. She has the heart to serve. And so that's the type of people that we always bring on property players is the people that have the heart to serve, to drop nuggets that want to help you in your journey, whether it's buying, whether it's investing, whether it's getting into the industry, whatever it is, we want to make sure that you have that information, you have the resources. And again, these everyone that we bring on and Alicia today, where she is open to DM and hit her up and make sure that you get your questions answered, you get your needs served. Uh, because that's what servant leaders do, right? Like we have big hearts. We want to continue to serve. So um, I appreciate you jumping on today. Uh, Wealth and knowledge, love the energy, go out and pick up her book or, you know, register for it. By the time this drops, it'll probably be out already. It will be. It will be out. And I'm working on the next one. There we go. (laughs) It'll be out so you can get it. And then, right, come back, get get her second one. But at the end of the day, we're doing this to make sure you have all the all the information, all the value that you need. So, Alicia, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Awesome. We're signing off, guys, for property players. We will see you guys soon. Take care.